Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last February edition of Lockdown Guardians. I want to remind everyone who's tuning in uh, to go subscribe on YouTube. If you are watching on there, thank you. And if you're listening to it anyway, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Today's show, we're starting a thing across network. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, we're going to match up with the Indians, or I should say the Guardians, rank uh, in terms of the division and uh, starting pitching. We'll start today. We'll work through some other areas and discuss it. Uh, on top of that, we're going to talk about the Zips prospect projections. Now, you've heard me talk about Zips many times over the years. It is the one that has been the best around when covering diamonds in the rough. It has also been the most successful when you look at ranks. We'll get into all of that in a moment. Uh, On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. For those who have never listened to an episode at almost 700 in, uh, interesting time to join in mid lockout, but thank you. We're not going to really get into the lockout today. I don't see much of a point to depressing everyone. Let's be honest, the season isn't starting on time. Let's just say that and move on. Uh, in terms of who I am, I am your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly a scout, formerly a 24-7, where I was a lead draft and prospect analyst. If you watched last week's episode on uh, the rise of folk hero Tommy White, how did he follow up the five home runs last week? Four more this week, up to nine. So I will say we are one of the first ones out there really pumping him as a, you know, not a national podcast. We are locked on Guardians. So make sure to tune in for the draft content on Wednesday. You're going to hear good things. I promise you. I've been doing it long enough. Uh, you know, I've got people in the business who do, uh, I can say, at least four front offices. At least used to read my stuff when I was a writer. Uh, I know I still get some uh, looks from them when I do have the time to write. On today's show, we've already talked about what we're going to talk about. So let's talk about this uh, positional review, positional breakdown. Basically, we're going through six ideas, six air ideas, no, six parts of every team. Starting pitching, relief pitching, uh, manager, lineup, ooh, you know, uh, fielding and defense. And then there's one more category I'll have to dig up. Maybe it's like depth, but... Those are your, the main areas we're going through, and we're starting with starting pitching today. So let's compare the Indi- Guardians. Again, been doing this for almost 700 episodes. It's hard to change. Like 650 with one name, uh, 30, 40 so far with another. We'll get there. But let's discuss the Guardians, how they stack up against the Central in terms of their starting pitching. They, It's an interesting rotation to look at for the Guardians with Bieber, Quantrell, Savale, Plesak, and McKenzie. Uh, you know, there's some talk about Plesak as a trade asset. I've also talked about the fact that Aaron Savali has never been able to maintain health, and that is a concern. How about the fact that nobody in this rotation threw 150 innings last year? That's a concern. Part of that is because Quantrell was a late starter. Late starter? He started as a pen. It started out in the pen, was moved in the rotation. Uh, McKenzie was consistently inconsistent. When he is on, he is the second-best pitcher in this rotation. When he is off, he struggles to go three. You know, Savale is kind of a limited, more of a mid-rotation guy, but is it health issues, Plesak, uh, and that strikes short in season. He looked like a different pitcher as opposed to what he had been at any other point. But Plesak in general is still a success story because he was a 12th-round pick out of Ball State, two-way guy there. I saw him as an outfielder. I didn't get to see him pitch when uh, Eric Lauer was Kent's Saturday starter. And he got hurt, couldn't stay healthy, and he was one of those guys that could go back 
and uh, bring friend of the show, you know, Aaron Lieberman, who used to run uh, be media relations for the Rubber Ducks, and be like, I like Plesak. What can you t-? like? He was one of the guys. Plesak. Uh, I wanted more information on Cam Hill. Was another guy I was always asking him for info on. You know, sometimes they work out. Sometimes, you know, Julian Merriweather was another one. Like, I actually had a pretty good run of success scouting arms down there, if I'm being honest. I'm trying to think who are my... I mean, Thomas Pannone, who who did get to the big leagues, is probably one of my big failures. I mean, I bring him up probably more than, uh, you know, his time in the majors justified. But he was another guy who really impressed me when I got that chance to watch, scout, and see. But that's the thing. It's it's a bunch of... And then Bieber's health. Like the the fact that he was out for so long was a bit of a red flag for me. We'll see. Uh, and you know, Quantrell, the type of pitcher he is, is always going to have ups and downs. Like, let's be honest, he was he's not going to replicate what he did a year ago. So it is a solid rotation. They have some interesting depth in AAA, unproven depth. Guys like Cody Morris, uh, why am I blanking? Tobias Myers, you know, um, Connor Pilkington are all on the forty man. Justin Battenfield. Justin Peyton Battenfield will need to be added at the end of next season. Uh, might be on before then. Adam Scott, if he doesn't go in the Rule 5. Uh, Joey Cantillo, if he doesn't go in the Rule 5. Logan Allen, the younger. I don't think you need to worry about him, just honestly, because he's so far away from needing to be added to the Rule 5. Yes, they have jumped the gun on guys. That is not something that they're afraid to do. But when they're in the situation that they are in, uh, until they can figure out some trades and start to figure out their 40-man situation, you know, and like I said, he's he's behind those other four players, maybe other five, six guys, just in terms of getting that opportunity, I think, in the, the big leagues. But that's what you're essentially looking at right now with this team. That's the, the starting pitching overall depth. Now let's talk about in this division. So in the division, I think it's fairly safe to say, do we really need to spend any time on the White Sox? They're the class of this uh, division when it comes to pitching. You know, I still like Dane Dunning, who they traded away for Lance Lynn, and then Lance Lynn signed a sweetheart deal with them. He was obviously happy there. But when you got Lynn and Giolito, ooh, Sunday nights, apparently can't speak, Lucas Giolito, uh, Dylan Cease took a step forward last year. Dallas Keuchel is probably your worst starter. There's, I believe, one more year left on his contract. They'll be happy to be done with it. Uh, can they bring back Carlos Rondon? Like, that's a big loss. He was amazing last year he was the guy that most of us thought he was going to be when he came out of nc state it just took him that long to get there now it's interesting that the pitching market is as picked over as it is and that he is still available so take that what you know for what it's worth but uh he could come back we'll see we'll see what happens with the lockout and everything else but right now just looking at this you assume that it's probably going to be kopech maybe ronaldo lopez gets another shot could they consider stretching out Garrett Crochet? Maybe. Those are all possibilities. We still don't know what they're going to do, honestly, with um, just that bullpen with uh, Craig Kimbrell, and we'll have to you know, kind of keep all that stuff in mind. I still like Jonathan Stever a lot and Jimmy Lambert. You back to when I was a writer, writer at Scout, I believe I made Lambert like the number two prospect in the White Sox system. Uh, okay, one, you know, I was bragging about my hits ahead of Louis Robert, the <laughs> center fielder. Listen, Cuban uh, imports had had a really bad track record before him. Most of them, like Danny Baez, was a relative success. There's been a lot of guys who just is not, you know, Leandro Linares. You know, there's another guy I bothered uh, Liebs a ton about. He was the other guy. uh, You know, he was the big name. Him and Yandi came over together. Yandi was the other guy in the boat. I've told that story. But I was really high on on Lambert. He just hasn't stayed healthy. Let's see what he can do. Stever was a guy, I believe, out of Indiana I really liked. Who's had So they, they have good depth as well uh, not great depth but they're in a, a solid situation that's clearly to me the class of the division 
the bottom of the division, I mean, I think that's the Whites, or not the White, the White Sox are the class of the division. The bottom of the division, I, I mean, it's Minnesota, right? I had totally missed that they had picked up um, Dylan Bundy. I had missed that contract at some point along the way that he was a free agent. It's hard to believe how high his value was after that strike short year and how bad he was last year for the Angels. He might be, you know, their opening day starter. Joe Ryan, I thought, was an excellent pickup from Tampa in the Nelson Cruz deal. He is one of those, like, fringy prospects. He's the guy who, if he was in the Guardian system, I'd be asking a ton about. And, like, why is he not higher ranked? I thought he was a great get. Bailey Ober, I've liked from his college days. <laughs> you could, you know, if scouts still existed, if that hadn't been, you know, completely deleted because they didn't want to, you know, pave to keep the history. Uh, and then 24-7 delete. I mean, that's kind of the sad thing right now. Like, everything I wrote is kind of on my computer doesn't exist in the ether but since i want to say it was maybe college of charleston i would have to go dig it up but i liked him even back to there i'm sure you could dig up a tweet where me calling that draft pick like a great pick by the twins when he went in like i want to say like the third round maybe yeah college of charleston 12th round wow he went that late i really liked him quite a bit (laughs) like i think i i mean i remember writing about him at college of charleston Uh, i thought he was a excellent uh, draft pick in the 12th round I thought uh, I'm sure there's a tweet about that since he was a 12th round pick and you're often looking for things he's he's a you know he's a mid to back end but for a 12th round pick I mean he's their plea sack uh, Bundy is fine as a let's see if he can get together if it can work out he's 29 years of age right now Randy Dobnik is what he is I mean I don't think he, if all things are working perfectly he's not in your rotation uh, Lewis Thorpe is kind of a similar situation he's a I remember writing up prospect list for the twins i thought steven gonsalves had a you know i had him higher rank than thorpe thorpe is the guy who's still there though uh kenta maeda if you're like where is he well he had tommy john surgery on uh, in september so you're not seeing him this year and otherwise he would be in that kind of top spot for them i you know top minor league guys uh jordan belazovic who i'm probably butchering was another late round find some uh simone woods richardson who they got in the uh, jose barrios trade those guys are in the upper minors uh drew strotman who also came over in the deal for um uh in the nelson cruz deal another interesting guy who could get some opportunities uh, so they have some pitching i mean that for a long time the pitching was very weak in system it's starting to get a little bit better but they just haven't developed well uh, across the board and it's kind of crazy to think about this twins team that they have the worst rotation in the division I know this is supposed to be one segment. It's taking me two. So uh, (laughs) we'll go a bit long here. Uh, When they, you know, they had that top minor league system, they were supposed to be competing with the White Sox right now, and it's clear they're not. So then we let's come down to the last two. Uh, So I'm putting the Indians still in second place because they have more of a proven rotation. I look at the the rotation that, uh, and there's more ceiling to it as well. When I just look at the rotation for the Tigers and the Royals. So coming in at three, I'm putting the Tigers. Eduardo Rodriguez was a nice free agent pickup. He has been a solid starter for quite a few years. Casey Mize took a step forward. It was the pitcher that, I mean, I, I had him as the wire-to-wire top player in that class. I was the dude on Casey Mize. Tarek Skubal, I liked from University of Seattle. I remember when he ended up going back to school for a senior year, and they got him in the ninth round, like as a, basically a senior sign for the Tigers. So it was a heck of a get. Loved it at the time. I loved it when he was drafted after he'd been hurt as a junior. I can't remember who it was. I thought they were going to sign him. Matt Manning. I kind of expected better performance last year, but we'll see what he can do in year two. 
Tyler Alexander, kind of another one of those guys, like when they took him in the second round, I didn't love it, but he's just been a solid lefty. He does everything well that you kind of want that lefty to be as a number four, number five. That's great. That's all you want. Unfortunately, Spencer Turnbull, Tommy John surgery uh, in July, or he would be the guy I've talked about and wrote about for years. Spencer Turnbull is one of like, before his no hitter, like I literally called him on this podcast, you know, the most underrated pitcher in baseball because he had been so productive for so long. They finally cut bait on Matthew Boyd. Talk about a situation that just utterly fell apart for them. Remember when he had big trade value and they didn't sell at the right moment? Kind of that lesson in how long you're going to hold on. In terms of pitching, Joey Wentz has been around forever. <laughs> He's in double A. He should be close to the big leagues. Uh, Jackson Jobe, I did not love that draft pick. Let's be honest. I mean, anyone who listens to me knows how I feel about drafting prep arms high. Uh, they don't really have a lot of pitching help to help them. That's the one knock. But I think that rotation, the one, two, three, I like better than the Royals. So that's that's why I put them as third best in the division in terms of pitching. But the fairness on the other side of this is I have never been a Brady Singer guy. And Brady Singer was solid last year. I don't know if it's going to keep playing out for him. Chris Bubeck, who was another part of the, one of those players in that draft class, left-handed pitcher out of Stanford, one of those many guys. When I talk about who led the Cape in strikeouts, there you go. Uh, Carlos Hernandez was uh, you know, really good for them at points a year ago. Brad Keller was a surprise, I think anyone would say. He definitely, as the year went on, faded. They added Mike Miner. Another <laughs> missing the boat on traded windows was when he was with the Rangers. You're kind of hoping some of these other guys step up for them pitching-wise. Jackson Kowar, a lot of people liked him more than Singer when they were at Florida. Uh, Asa Lacey, who kind of would have hoped he would have moved a little bit more through their system by now. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Jonathan Bowden was, I believe, the other one when they took all of those like four pitchers in a row before they drafted uh, Kyle Isabel, the outfielder. So they have, you know, they have guys in the system. Daniel Lynch is probably your next guy up. Um, you know, the Virginia history. <laughs> uh, whenever I, I make fun of Virginia uh, and their pitching issues or just their player development issues in the big leagues. I, you know, I can't help but think about my friend Aaron out there who, uh, you know, listens to the show and always lets me know when I, I make fun of Virginia with their issues with player development. He's interesting because he's also the guy who kind of ignored their developmental rules when he was at Virginia. And I really like Daniel Tillo, who was on their 40-man roster. Um, he was a big lefty out of, like, Iowa Western Community College back in the day. Uh, you know, I'd be curious to see him more as a reliever, but... I, I think, I mean, isn't it pretty cut and dry? Am I completely wrong in this? That it goes White Sox, Indians, Tigers, Royals, Twins. I'll be curious to he hear what the rest of the division thinks, but I think it is a really cut and dry situation. I don't see any other order. I don't see really much of a debate in that order, but I'm sure from what I learned a year ago doing this show and talking with some of the other hosts, there will be. We're going to take a commercial break, come back, and start talking about the zip system. Uh, let's talk about the baby in the room. Uh, I'm going to apologize now for two things. I forgot to apologize. I have a bit of a head cold, so I'm going to say that. Uh, and, you know, I have a six-month-old, so it might be being heard on here. So I'm just going to take the moment, apologize if that's happening. It should be very light, I am hoping. Football might be over for this season, but basketball's in full strength for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where to find the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. But online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this uh, this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so the zip system 
in a nutshell, Dan Zaborski um, is the genius who put this together, who I enjoy on multiple levels on Twitter. And he's just an interesting, you know, it, it's a system that he even talks about it. If you go through, I highly recommend reading it. I don't want to sit here and just read you his. But he used 50th percentile career projection for each player, meaning Zips is highly interested in lower ceiling guys who still have who still project to have significant chances of helping a winning team. That means Zips will rank players such as Austin Barnes and Tony Kemp, who previously graced the top 100 higher than most. So this is just data. And again, I think data and scouting worked well together. The whole idea of them being at opposite ends of the spectrum is bunk, because I'll tell you from personal experience, it's like data is part of the reasons I was super high on Casey Mize, just the beginning and through the the process for him. But in-person scouting that's what really put me on Sean Murphy. Like, yeah, he had the good pop time, but like it was seeing him play in an environment that he had no business being successful. And I know I often drag the Indians about, or I shouldn't now say the guardians about Sean Murphy and taking Logan ice over him. He broke his handmade bone and there was limited opportunities to see him. I got lucky and I saw him. I am 90% sure there was an Oakland scout there that day. Uh, from what I heard just of the conversations between the scouts, you just had to get lucky sometimes. And that's also the thing. Sometimes you just don't have enough data but these lists are really interesting. And we talked about Fangraph's top 100 list and how they had George Valera at 103. Zips has some fifth best prospect in baseball. Only Spencer Torkelson, Bobby Witt, Adley Rushman, and Julio Rodriguez ahead of him. He's ahead of Riley Green, uh, Nolan Gorman, Anthony Velope, Francisco Alvarez. And at number nine, Miguel Vargas, who, if you've listened again to this podcast, he was that player who excelled for the Dodgers down in double A. He was a third baseman, probably going to end up at first base, where I was like, I would trade for this guy. Can you know the Dodgers? He's blocked. Go out and get him. He could probably help your team sooner rather than later. He's ninth in the Zib system. So what I am doing and going through when I did that whole piece back in December about under the radar prospects on other teams. When I dug through all of that data, uh, you know, I, Miguel Vargas was one of the guys I was really high on. Well, <laughs> Zips has him here at ninth. Uh, in terms of the Indians, let's just, or the Indians, Guardians, see, I keep saying I'm going to get it, and it's, as I said, it's going to take a while. Let's just go straight through the list here for your Cleveland Guardians, who, by the way, only 100 prospects on this list. Guardians had the most with 10 players in their top 100. So you could say the Zips does a top 10 just of the Guardians. 19, Brian Rocchio. Uh, he is 43rd in the traditional ranks. At 36, Jose Tenya. We've talked about many times on the show who's unranked in the other system. Uh, Gabriel Arias at 42, who's 92nd in the other system. Steve Kwan at 61, 57th in the other system, so about equal. Jowanski, Jonski Noel is 67th, unranked in the other system. Then we have Nolan Jones at 88. He was 5th or 6th a year ago, having an injury played year hurt him. He is 101 in the other system. Daniel Spino at 91, 54th in the other system. 97, Peyton Battenfield unranked and 98 Tyler Freeman who is higher ranked than uh where he's 109 in the other system it is interesting across the board Freeman is lower ranked than there was some over calculation of mid-season performance with him is I think what we are seeing for people who love Jonski Noel who love Jose Tenya this is a really interesting list if you're a Valera guy it's an interesting list he does kind of handle some of the individuals and things that could be shocking or surprising. We'll get into that when we come back for segment three, discussing some more of these players and discussing some of the top 10 sections as well. So our first sponsor of the night is Built Bar. And if you've listened to the show, well, 
I actually went and put it in a built bar order, if I'm being honest, last week. Uh, after I was like, hey, they've got a 25% off sale. Now, I did find out when you, you when they're doing those new sales, you cannot double dip with the lock 15. When it's a 25% off, they don't let you double dip. Use the lock 15. I tried. Uh, right now, while there's not a sale going on right now, I sat. I bought three boxes. I did not buy the churro puff. I just had a complete like mind. I must not have it on sale. I bought the the white chocolate cookies and cream. That is a gluten free one for me. I double checked all of these. Uh, that is the one that's like an Oreo. I bought the eggnog because I'm an eggnog person. I know people do not <laughs> agree with that assertion. Uh, and then I'm trying to remember what my third flavor was. I'm having a bit of a uh, you know not able to process and think of what everything was. But I just went for that sale. There's always sales going on at BuiltBar.com. I am currently down to just the minis. That's why I needed to restock. I always buy Built Bar. It is my go-to for breakfast and lunch. Go to BuiltBar.com for yourself. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15. There's not much more I can sell you on. I've been talking about it for a while. I buy it. I use it. A in my health food app. A in my heart. BuiltBar.com. Remember the promo code is LOCKED15. Let's talk about our other sponsor, RockAuto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example, we have here a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 from the chain, 216 from Rock Auto. It's a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Uh, for instance, I've always talked about the fact that I am not car knowledgeable, not car friendly, but filters, and you can often find good deals on filters there too with rebates. Filters are something we can change uh, easily, even us non-car people. And additionally, on top of that, also going to check out, uh, I'm going to get windshield wipers from that. Honestly, I've been doing that. I mean, do it. One of my wiper things completely fell off this week, uh, not dealing well with these Wisconsin winners. So go check that out over at rockauto.com. And remember, when you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there, how'd you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. So these top 10 lists, we can skip past catcher. Let's be honest, there isn't much in terms of ranks for the Indians in catching. Yes, Brian Levestida I do like a lot. Uh, After the year Bo Naylor had, he wasn't going to be ranked in these top 10, and Levestida wasn't going to match up quite with the offensive monsters. Like Everyone here is more of an offensive first catcher. First base, Jonsky Noel is sixth best first base prospect uh, in all of baseball. Juan Yepes, who is another one of those under-the-radar guys I discussed with the Cardinals, is eighth. Uh... I like Lawrence Butler with the athletics. Uh, I was trying to think, you know, a lot of the common names at the top. But yeah, uh, John Ski Noel is right up there. Uh, you know, just what he did as a teenager was pretty unbelievable. Now, if you're going to second baseman, Tyler Freeman, seventh best uh, second base prospect in all of baseball. It's a pretty deep list overall. And it's just, again, the problem with Freeman's going to be he does one thing. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because we've had this discussion on the show many times, but it's hard when you are a one tool guy in terms of plus tools. Short stops, Cardian's got two. Tenth for Tenya, sixth for Rokio. And again, it shows the value of just the shortstop position where there are 10 shortstops in the top 36 in these ranks. That's right, 10 in the top 36. That is, you know, not quite a third, but very, very close to a third of the top 30 are just shortstops. Moving over to third base, 
Uh, it's a position where the Guardians are not represented because uh, Nolan Jones is considered an outfielder. In terms of corner outfielders, Nolan Jones is the eighth best corner outfield prospect. Valera, the number two behind Julio Rodriguez. It, you know, it talks. He talks about in here Valera in particular, and basically Zip thinks that he'll be a thirty to thirty-five home run type with decent batting average and enough walks to get above a ho hum line in terms of batting average, which is essentially what I also projected here on this very podcast last week and for as much as me and everyone else complains about the lack of uh, outfield depth I mean according to this system two of the top eight top corner outfield prospects in all of baseball reside in Cleveland system one in double a one in triple a so it also if they do more of a stopgap if it's a usable stopgap let's be honest if they go out and add someone you you can't be that mad you can be mad. Let me change that. This is the logic they're going to give you with the Valera and Jones knocking at the door. Uh, in terms of center field, the Guardians had Steve Kwan at uh, seventh over on the list. And again, I think Kwan gets a legit opportunity to play this uh, next year. I was kind of surprised, um, you know, not surprised that no starting pitching from the Guardians made the top 10 and they don't really do relievers. But I was kind of surprised that, uh, uh, why am I having a moment where my brain is is forgetting Richie Palacios did make this just because I think he is not too dissimilar to Steve Kwan I think there is room for those two players to produce similar levels of performance Kwan's numbers were better this past year Palacios is I think a slightly better athlete and again the thing we miss sometimes when you just look at Palacios performance and oh he faded over the second half yeah, he also hadn't played organized baseball in, what, two years? Uh, he had never, you know, he went from Townsend to A-ball to double-A, ended his year in triple-A. He's a player who, just pure number-wise, he doesn't pop as much as Quan, but I think there is reason to have expectations and to think very highly of what uh, Richie Palacios can do. And again, this is the system that through the years has proven to be the best. Like, this is better than any of the other ones in terms of finding talent, finding under-the-radar talent. And, you know, I read an article a few years ago about just comparing, like, overall war-produced, you know, it was someone much smarter than me showing, like, ranks and where players, um, you know, or which one is, you know, predicting future value the best. And it was Zips. That's huge. Because <laughs> we can go through all the other lists where the Guardians maybe have three, four players. This list, they have ten. One-tenth of the list. Uh, Washington Nationals have nobody. The Guardians have 10 players. And this doesn't count, again, because he uh, uses only data that's minor league data, unless it's someone who you know, he talks about um, Richie Weeks, who got to the big leagues um, in the same year he was drafted. That's when he has to use data other than the data present. It's part of the reason why Jack Leiter, who... Um, isn't on this list. He also mentions very specifically, but this is the list that has been the most successful through the years. It has been very good at finding under the radar talent, which is some of those unranked guys. Some of the guys we talked about, uh, you know, if you're a Tenya fan, if you are a fan of Johnsky Noel, players like that, it is spotting these guys who sometimes fly under the radar. And when you rank them in this system where they're ranked guardians, having 10 players, in the top 100, not counting Gavin Williams, not counting any of those draft picks this year, and then remembering, you know, whether or not a season happens, uh, the draft will happen this year, and I can guarantee it 
because they're going to want to have some revenue stream and having that show will get some attention on the sport. And again, uh, you know, minor league baseball might end up on TV because that's what they can show. Uh, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what's going to go with the lockout in the current state of things. But it's important to know your prospects. It's important to understand that this specifically for a team like the Guardians is 100% the lifeblood. And to know that this is a very you know, well thought of valued list by many people. And this is the list that thinks the Guardians, that gives the Guardians the most credit for their system. So just keep that in mind. Something in the back of your head. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Guardians podcast for this week. Remember to rate and review, download daily. We're like three reviews away from 100 on iTunes. Help us out there. Uh, remember to subscribe on the YouTube. That's where we are going with the podcast. It will always be audio as well. Don't worry. But uh, it's very helpful. And you know, even if you're someone who's like, I don't really use YouTube, all the better. <laughs> if you got a Gmail account, you have a YouTube account, go subscribe. Help us out. Thank you again. I've been Jeff Ellis. And as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.